and we don't talk about like what the songs are going to be <laughs> or anything, but um, the words where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That was speaking to me in such a big way as because as I was praying today, that was exactly the image that I got about what prayer should look like and what God's heart for prayer should be, where we actually experience the presence of the Lord and we experience freedom and we experience his mercy and grace. And all of those things came up for me today when I was praying and thinking about tonight's teaching. My goal, I, I have a, I'm on a mission tonight to get you excited about prayer, because I'm excited about prayer. <laughs> I really, really think that God wants everybody to have, it's not just praying where you're paying your dues to God. That's not, that was never what God thought prayer should be. Have you ever felt like that, where you're just praying because you're supposed to, and God will be unhappy or something if you don't check off the box, and you're bad if you don't? The vision for God that God had as far as what prayer looks like is that it would be a vibrant relationship with him, that when we're praying that we experience the presence of God in it. How would you like to really see that when you're praying that you actually are, anybody felt parts of that at times? It's amazing, isn't it? Is there anything else that comes like it? There's just like, there is nothing I don't think that makes life more exciting and fulfilling than being aware of God's presence and his love and his grace for each and every one of us. So tonight I want to talk about in our last teaching on New Year's Prayer Revolution on how we can experience the presence of God. And one of the reasons that we, if you can turn to Psalm actually 46, one of the reasons that we started out, we always have at the beginning of the year, a series that relates to how can we have an awesome new year. And having the topic of prayer, the point of it was that there's not anything else you can do that's more powerful in changing this year for you than, than prayer. It's the weirdest thing because have you ever felt like you're not doing anything when you pray? Like, oh, I'm wasting my time. How could this be productive? <laughs> I could be doing all these other things that are surely more important than prayer. But I, what's amazing and crazy, if there is no God, then this wouldn't make sense. But spending time and taking time out for prayer makes everything else go so much better. Have, have you, I've experienced when I really get connected to God with prayer, I, it's like I have more time. I just have to make myself do it and get into the habit of doing it. And let's go to Psalm 46. And in verse 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. So one of the parts, because what we're talking about is not just praying faithfully, which is a part of it, but also that our prayers would be, you know, being aware of God's presence, that's practicing the presence of God, a part of it is being still. It's really hard today because there's so much, you know, it's, it's funny, back, we were just talking about in my day when there was like nothing on TV, you know, it's just like black and white TVs and there were three channels and 
wasn't even on that long. I mean, that was all that there was <laughs> as far as there, there wasn't the challenge that there is today of so much media that's flying in your face and there's just so much stimuli that it's hard to hear the voice of God. It's hard to drown out, you know, all the busyness that's going on to, to really say, oh, I'm to get quiet with God. But it's absolutely doable if it's something that you desire in your life. But a part of it is practicing being quiet. And so we need to make the time as well as the place for, for quietness to, to receive God. It's not going to happen o- overnight. If you've ever sat, if, you, if you're not accustomed to praying, and you'll notice that you could maybe spend 10 minutes trying to pray, and all of a sudden you're doing your to-do list in your head, you know, or worrying about something, which is kind of the opposite of the point of prayer. <laughs> you know, prayer is supposed to be to get rid of your cares, casting all your cares up upon him for he cares for you. And then have you ever done that? I've done that. You know, you're praying and all of a sudden, you're praying for something and then all of a sudden all of my focus is on how I'm going to fix it. You know, and then God's not even there anymore. (laughs) It's sort of like, oh yeah, that's what I could do. Yeah. (laughs) Really self-reliant. So it's going to take some practice in the stillness and the quiet of God um, just to get quiet if you're not used to that. So it helps to one set aside time that's specifically dedicated to it. And I think if you haven't been doing it a lot, it helps to set aside more time, more time. You know, if you, I think just, I think it's a great idea if you really want want to experience this to just try a half hour a day. I'm just going to put a number on it. But And the reason being is everybody can do a half hour. I don't care how busy you are. I mean, it might seem like you can't. But if you're not used to this, your your brain's going to go bouncing all over the place. And you'll be lucky if you get a good five minutes out of the half hour at the beginning. You know, and but it's worth it. Part of this is just getting to the place that it's now become... Because I know that there was a time in my life that my prayer was just dutiful. I kind of did it because I thought I should... And I didn't even realize or expect, you know, it's funny because when I first got saved, I was an atheist. <clears throat> I was so aware of, of the presence of God when I was praying. It was so exciting. I was just like, there's a God and he knows me and he loves me. And oh, it was just like being in love. I mean, I just couldn't wait. I'd wake up in the morning and smile and go, good morning, Lord. You know, that's how excited I was. And it, I didn't have to try. That's just where I was at with it. It was just so new and wonderful, kind of like a new romance, you know, where everything's just wondrous and exciting. And then, of course, it's just sort of, I, I didn't realize that it's just sort of that, that it's really easy to sort of fall into check off the box prayer, you know, where it's no longer a relationship. And, and our relationships oftentimes get this way as well where we're not putting the energy into having relationships be full, and God is a relationship. So it did get to the place for years, I think. There were years that I had prayer that I didn't experience the presence of God and didn't even know that I could. I just thought it was over. I kind of thought that it only happened in the honeymoon time. A lot of people think marriage works that way, too. It doesn't. (laughs) You can actually have the honeymoon time and marriage for many years as well. (laughs) But, um... So the part of it is dedicating the time to being quiet and making it a priority. There's, 
there, you know, we've talked also about the rocks and sand that, you know, there's an amazing illustration that works for so many things when it comes to the spiritual, to, to spiritual things, is that if you take a jar and you put rocks in it and then fill it with sand and you've got a, it's full, it's absolutely at the top. Now, if you dump all of the rocks and the sand out and you try and do it the other way where you put the sand in first, you can't fit the rocks in, it's not possible. And the same goes true for things that are significant in our life. Sand represents the insignificant things that fill up our days and our times. You know, it's just things that aren't really that important, that don't relate to big things. If we let, we can easily, and I'm sure we can all relate to this, fill up our days with insignificant things. With things that we won't really care about 20, 30 years from now, you know. So we want to treat prayer, we want to get to the place where we treat prayer as one of the rocks. That, the prayer is actually my biggest rock in my life. It's like I've got a few, other ones, time with my husband, time in the Bible. But prayer is my number one biggest rock that, um, uh, that my, I really, really do my best to try and spend every day on my knees for at least a half hour in prayer. I mean, there are days I don't make it, but for the most part, I do. And I think because I've now built that habit in my life, it's so easy for me to, at the very beginning, experience his presence right away in a really restful way. So it's a part of just it's setting aside the time, setting aside more time than that you can pray uh, and not feel rushed. And also um, <coughs> pick a place a place where you're not going to fall asleep, where you're not going to get distracted. But you also have to be adaptable because sometimes, you know, I kind of got where my favorite place is the carpet in our family room, and sometimes it's not quiet there. Sometimes there's people, you know, running in and out where you have to get to be that if your normal quiet place isn't there, that you find something else, that you want it so much that you find the space to do it in another way. (coughs) Let's go to Jeremiah um, 29. Isaiah, Jeremiah, just a few books uh, forward. Jeremiah 29. And so we're going to kind of talk about some of the elements that can help you to practice the presence of God. Now, if it's available, have you ever wondered, you know, why doesn't it happen automatically? And I want to talk a little bit in this, um, in this verse of scripture, I think gives some insight to it and, and kind of speak a little bit about that. In Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. How many times do you question that that's what God wants for you? God God has good thoughts for you. There are no bad thoughts God has for you. The way that God relates and his heart for you, (coughs) it says, they're thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. And then in verse 12 it says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me. And when you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, said the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather, the, gather you from all nations and from the places I have driven you, said the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I have caused you to be carried away captive. So 
the big thing here is that if we seek God, we will find him. There is no, I sought God and he wasn't there. God says, if you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. Saul, King Saul at one point, there was a time in earlier as a king that he really sought the Lord. And then later it said he didn't really seek God when he wanted answers. He went to other places besides God that were that he had more intensity and drive to get his needs met as a king, let his ego get in the way. God wants to be found. He is not being elusive at all. And you can experience the presence of God. It's right here. But our brains work. There's a, there's a part of our brain called the reticular activating system and in the brain. And every single one of us chooses what we're going to tune into and tune out to. You know, I remember years ago, Patty lived at a house where the train went by, and it was really loud. You know, it's, and people live with trains. Now, when you go visit, you know, I practically hit the ceiling, I think, the first time the train you know, went by. But if you're living there, guess what? You tune out the train. You can actually train your mind to pick up certain stimuli or to block out certain stimuli. And, it, and it's about what we choose to focus on. Whether you're, if you're somebody in music, the mu people that <coughs> are great at music, they can hear things I can't hear in music. And their ears pick up on them really quickly. You know, my day job is an acting teacher and, and I, I've trained myself to see things and now it comes automatically. I see things that nobody else would see or pick up on, but my sensitivity is so heightened to it, it seems glaringly obvious to me. Mothers tune their reticular activating system to their baby's cries. You know, where they have a heightened sensitivity. So where we want to get to is having the drive that we want to hear and experience his presence. Because the reason that we're not when God is present right now is because we're blocking it out. We have trained ourselves in the world, and the Satan, because he's the God of this world, has trained us to not hear God's voice. And certainly all the noise that's going on around us is definitely contributes to that. So God wants to be found. He's not trying to be mysterious. And his presence is completely available. Some of the things that you can do <coughs> to help this, when you're praying, it helps to ask open-seeking questions of God. You know, I think a lot of times when people pray, we had talked about this earlier, people think of prayer as just being the to-do list of requesting things from God. But if you want to experience his presence of just asking, you can say, God, help me to experience you more. I want to be in your presence. I long to experience your presence. Help show me where you are. Help me to hear your voice. Because God is so willing and wants to teach you how to hear from him and how to hear his voice. God loves it. God wants, God had us and made people so he could have a relationship because he wants to be close. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know that he knows us. He wants us to get that he knows. There's a verse in the Bible that said, even the hairs on our head are numbered. It's a figure of speech to say, God cares so much about you, he actually cares how many hairs you got on your head. Would that be somebody that cares about you? 
you kind of think about that, to be somebody that thinks that you're so important that he knows the hairs on your head. You know, it's just an illustration of, of how significant you are to God and how much you matter to him. You can ask for help when you're seeking God. You can ask for help with faith. Ask to help to be open. If your heart is closed, you can even ask, say, I want my heart to be more open to you and to hearing your voice. Let's go to um, Psalm 29, go back a couple of books. One of the things that I think people don't think about as much, and I, um, my original intention, because this series was going to be longer until we wound up uh, deciding to do the move to the new space, was to spend more time on this. But a big part of prayer that I think a lot of people don't think about is worship. Through the Bible, it's hundreds of times God speaks about worship. And you think about it, strangely, it's like whatever God has in here in the word of God for us is for our benefit. God is not, you know, it, it, he's, God doesn't have need us for anything. He is not, he didn't create people so that somehow he'd get his needs met or his ego stroked by being God or something like that. God had people to give his love and to have a relationship with. But worship is something that helps our heart to get that God is God. Because oftentimes, it's good that we feel close to God, but, but sometimes without the sense of worship of God, of, of, of magnifying him, of who God is, and treating it casually, we bring God down to who we are. We limit God. It's, hard to ha- it's harder to have faith. It's harder to let go and think that God's going to answer your prayers or be able to do it. And so worship, the word worship actually in the Hebrew and the Greek both, really means to kneel or prostrate yourself in, in reverence to somebody superior. That is the word in, in both ways. And so one of the things that in my earlier Christian walk, I never kneeled when I prayed because I wasn't taught to do it. And I, I think also it felt too vulnerable. You know, I was in a place that I just, I, I, I think there were places I didn't really fully trust God where it was kind of frightening. So it was just sort of, um, so I never even tried it. Not that anybody really talked to me a whole lot about it. But every time, there's no place actually in the Bible where people say, oh, so I was sitting and praying or something, you know, like, it doesn't, not every verse says people were kneeling, but every verse that says where people, what people were doing, it says that they're kneeling. So it definitely was like the, the sense of kneeling in prayer actually opens your heart and makes you vulnerable and helps you to get how small we are and the reverence that we can have that God is big, that we have a big, he's a creator of all life. And how much more peaceful, I was thinking about that today because now, quite frankly, I unless I'm praying in a group at a, in a public situation, when I'm doing my daily prayer, I kneel every day. It just helps my heart. It helps me tear down the guards. It helps me to go, I'm just little, you're big, and I need you to take care of me. And also just to give God the reverence and the honor and the glory and say, I, wa- I want to live for you, God. And to just say, also, it helps me to submit of saying, I have stupid ideas about things, but you don't, and I want to do what you say. Like, I want to live with your wisdom, not my own limited, faulty wisdom. 
But we've had a few people trying that lately. It's kind of been an interesting thing. I've had a lot of people that have never kneeled when they prayed and just tried it. And they were like, wow, I'm, feel- I'm feeling it. I'm feeling like sometimes it's really uncomfortable or awkward. Like, oh, it just feels cheesy or something like that. You know, if you haven't ever tried it before. But it's just it, putting yourself in that place helps your heart open up. And part of this is just getting to how can we acknowledge who God is as well as having our heart be open. Uh, in Psalm uh, 95, there's a couple. It also says, there's another thing that says to lift up your hands. You ever wonder why people do that in church? Like, you know, it's not just because they're being cheesy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there was a time I couldn't be caught dead with lit raising my hands up in the air. Couldn't be caught dead kneeling. They were both just, I was like, oh, it sounded mortifying to do such things. And I think my heart was just closed down you know, in in many ways. (laughs) But the other thing that it speaks about a lot in prayer is is lifting up your hands. And so there's a few verses. I actually put them on the handout with, well, no, Psalm 29. We'll go to Psalm 29 first. And um, there's a couple of these that are pretty cool. Uh, Psalm 29 and verse 2. It says... Give unto the Lord of glory due his name, due to his name. Wait, give unto the Lord, the glory due to his name. Wow, I did not read that very well. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I just love that. So we want to get where part of experiencing his presence is just allowing yourself to be reverent to the glory of who God is, to just take that in when we're being in his presence. And think about, it helps me to just think about who God is before I even say anything. To just think about the fact that I am right now in the presence of the creator of all life when I'm praying. And just to be in the stillness and the quiet of just being with him, you know, before I start talking. <clears throat> Let's go to, uh, over to 95, verse 6. Oops, in also Psalm 95. Oops. It's a new Bible, so I'm having a hard time finding my way around. Uh, Psalm 95 in verse 6. It says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. So, again, you see, there's just a ton, a ton of, of verses like this, but you can even see the two, there's two symbols here. One is the kneeling down we talked about. And then what does it do to outstretch your arms to God? It's, it's used actually frequently in the Bible. It makes you, you're reaching for God. You're opening yourself up. You're acknowledging your need, which we're going to talk about as well. So these are just things that kind of can help you in opening your heart. It's, uh, there's, let's go to Second Chronicles 6. It says, for Solomon had made a bronze platform, five cubits long, five cubits wide, three cubits, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And set in it the midst of the court, and he stood on it, knelt down on his knees before all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven or on earth like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. You have kept what you promised your servant David, my father, you have spoken, you, you have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. So 
you see, too, it helps to just declare who God is and what he's already done and that he is faithful in prayer. You can see his humility. You can see the thanksgiving in it that sort of sets up your heart to pray. Some of the things that you can do, like in terms of just being open with God, with, um, with God is also just coming to God needy. There was another verse I wrote down, but I wrote the wrong one down. Um, but we want to, in prayer, another key element of this is to come to God with a neediness. You know, rather than of just getting connected with that, that we are desperate to know God, that we can't do it on our own. Self-sufficiency will get in the way of opening us up to God. You know, I can do it myself will shut us off from really receiving. But to really get connected to the places that we fall short, the places that we need grace, I don't ever want to forget that I need grace, but I do. You know, especially if you've been a Christian for a while, sometimes it's really easy to start thinking, well, I've been doing good stuff, so you kind of feel more like it's works-based and forget how much God is a God of grace, that no matter what, we're undeserving. You know, it says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we keep sinning. It's not like, an, it's not like okay, I'm done with that and I'm good now. You know, but, but whatever, it helps to just be, what's great is to get that we're undeserving, but that he loves us just the way we are in his presence. He loves you no matter what you're coming with, no matter you know, whether it's good or bad. He loves you right where you're at right now and is, accepts you and wants to have you come to him. God wants a relationship. He wants to have you be in his presence and to spend time with you and wants to be there for you in it. So we want to come needy. Some of the things you can do in coming needy, well, it's, uh, it talks about, um, Jesus says, come to me, all you that, who are weary and heavy laden, and I give you rest. You can bring your messiness to God. You can bring your lack of faith. You can bring your disconnection. You can bring your darker self because guess what? He sees it. He sees it like it's a good place to be because you can really experience the grace of God by bringing the dark, ugly crap and just and just kind of getting and going, wow, he sees it all, but he still wants to be with me right now. You know, what are the places that you feel fearful or insecure about or not enough? God sees all of it. We're not hiding anything. So it doesn't make sense. There's records, the whole thing with... Um, in Adam and Eve, in the beginning, that they hid from the presence of God right after the sin. Sin makes us oftentimes run from his presence where the healing is being in his presence. Being in his presence with the sin, and he still loves us and has grace for us. That's where the healing is. Not getting it all together and then coming to God. It won't work. There's no such thing. But knowing that he sees just the way we are, it's healing. Just allow yourself his love, his grace. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's what that song was about. If the Lord is there, there's freedom in that. To be in his presence. We want to just long to be there. Don't run from God when you feel bad about yourself. Run to God. Let his love and grace heal those places. There are things you can do, questions you can ask. I love the one sometimes of just ask God, what do you think of me? You ever tried that? It's a powerful thing. Just get quiet with the Lord and go, what do you think of me? Don't you wonder? Try that sometime. 
Think of questions you can ask of how the Lord sees you. And see what he says. See what he shows you. God speaks to people differently, too. One of the things that, in, in, oh, I forgot to write this on my list. But in order to hear God's voice and what it sounds like, reading the word helps. Because when you read God's word, you know what his voice sounds like. One of the things that's hard, if you pray and you don't read the Bible at all, it's going to be hard to distinguish your harsh voices from the voice of God. Because we all got a lot of noise in our heads, right? And you're just sort of like, would you hear something? You go, oh, that's not from God. That's a fiery dart from the wicked one, the accuser. Reading God's word, you see how God speaks. And you go, oh, yeah, I recognize that voice when God's speaking to you in prayer. That's part of how you learn to distinguish the voice of God from some of the other noise. Some of the practical tips, I just, I just wanted to write a little sheet here that might help of just like things to be thinking about. Practical tips. It says set aside a time. Don't use leftover time because you'll never have any. Uh, set aside more time than you need. A place where you won't fall asleep, get distracted, <clears throat> but learn to be adaptable. In your posture, try bowing down or kneeling. It does wonders at tearing down walls on your heart. And then also it's kind of, it, there's also sort of a dynamic in thinking about what does it feel like to be in the presence of God, the creator of life, versus what does it feel like to be in front of the Lord Jesus. Those are kind of different, you know, ways that, um, you, you know, uh, that you can think about as well. You can talk, I put the, it helps to talk out loud. If you get distracted, it'll help for a little while to, to speak out loud so that your mind doesn't wander so much. Sounds a little, it might sound a little funny at first if you're not used to it. Tell the truth to God because he sees it anyway. I feel disconnected. I don't feel your presence. But what you want to do is say, but I don't want that. I want you. I want to be close. I want my heart to be in a different place. Help me. Kind of like the man talking to Jesus saying, you know, I, help my unbelief. When, you, when your mind wanders, gently bring it back. Harsh voices don't help. If, shaming will not help you at all. It'll just make more crazy noise in your head. So if you're praying and your mind keeps wandering off, don't talk mean to yourself. It really seriously won't help at all. Because you just get spun out in that and shaming and you'll think, I can't do this, this isn't going to work, you know, God's not there, etc. If you practice the presence of God, it will come easily. It really will. You just have to spend some time. If you haven't been doing it, try it. There was a time that I, that I hadn't really prayed except for kind of some rope prayers for eight months or something. And I was dry. I was feeling really dry spiritually, didn't even realize it. And then that time I, I was... To get back on the path, I was spending at least an hour a day in prayer just to get back. But once I got back, I was just like, I felt, it was just like water quenching a desert. You know, it, it just brought life, it brought me from death to life. It just, it, I just became alive. It was amazing. And ever since then, I was like, I don't ever want to go back to the desert. Like, I just don't want to be there where I don't, where I'm so caught up in self, self-reliance. There's no freedom in it. You can be free and have an amazing life, even if there's chaos and difficulty and challenges going on. You can feel light and free if you're spending time seeking God out in prayer. It's a big faith builder. 
let's see, worship, try worship. You know, spend some time worshiping the Lord in your prayer life. It'll help you to see God bigger. It'll help you to feel helpless. It'll, you know, in a good way, good kind of helpless. Ask questions for wisdom, insight, a desire to know God's will. Ask for help with your faith. Ask for help to get closer. Ask for help to be open. Ask for your needs. You want to make requests, but also be open about the things that when you're seeking God for a request, to have an open-heartedness. Because sometimes we have ideas about what's good for us that aren't necessarily the best. So just have your heart be open about, you can ask for things and just go, but I really want to know what you think, Lord, in this. You know, I want my heart to be open. And maybe it's not. Sometimes I pray for things, I'm like, I kind of really want it to work this way, but help me to be open because I want to hear your voice, not my own will in this, God. So those are some things. There is nothing that can make your life sweeter, freer, lighter than, than having time with God Almighty. God is the creator of all life. There is nothing more exciting than growing to have a deep relationship where you feel his presence, where you feel his love that you get, he gets you. And you get that he's not going anywhere. And he gets that you, that, and you get that you can't make him run away. God wants each and every one of us here. You are unique, one of a kind, and God loves you that he knows the hairs on your head. So it's my last pitch for trying to get you guys to spend some time in prayer because there is nothing more life-changing, really, in all the things. There's many things that are great, you know, um, in getting close to God, including reading the word. But in in terms of the number one thing that's a life changer, it is spending time in prayer. But especially when you can seek God in prayer where, where you can be aware of his presence and it's totally available. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, you are a good God and a loving God. I just ask right now that you just stir things in people's hearts right now. God, I just... Actually, I, re- I want to just ask you guys right now to just get quiet for a minute and to think about what you would like right now your relationship with God to look like. Just spend some time imagining. Is it where you'd like it to be? If not, what, what would you like it to look like? How would you like to know God? I want you just to ask for help right now in seeing God. Asking him to help you with whatever things get in the way of making time for him. To get where you see how God sees you, where that's alive for you, where you do feel his presence, you feel his love, because he wants that for you. Father, I just thank you in the weeks ahead and in the days ahead to help each and every one of us to cleave to you. It is a constant battle because we do have an enemy who doesn't want us to be close to you, but we can, God. We can have victory. We can know you. 
and experience your freedom. Because truly knowing you is freedom. There is nothing else like it. It's free from shame. It's free from guilt. It's free from condemnation. Free from the burdens that weigh us down, that, 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 uh, that seem so heavy in life. There is freedom in you, God. Help us to see that and to build our relationship even closer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.